I forgot to ask Dave what number this is, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, I choose one of them numbers. <laughs> oh, okay, right, yeah. so... Right. Ready when you are? Yeah. <laughs> Ready when you're so professional. And welcome to another unknown numbered of theme tunes. It might, might be, be. might six, be. Six. <laughs> Are you going to sing the number of the beast? Go on. The number of the beast. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you even sing the number of the beast by Iron Maiden? I know the title. <laughs> I I could. It starts off. It goes sort of like yeah. Oh, I hate Iron Maiden. They're crap, aren't they? They're not. They're not I... Judas Priest. Yeah, I once I was in a bar once, and there was this this sort of acapella, well, almost an acapella female band. They produced the occasional acoustic guitar, and they did an acapella version of "Run to the Hills," <laughs> which was fucking bizarre, really. <laughs> Were they Sopranos? <laughs> yeah, I got to say it. I, 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 it took me like almost the song to realise what they were singing, and I mean. Uh, fucking Iron Maiden. <laughs> Never mind. I can't. I can Yeah, I can imagine. Run to the hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got Run it. Run for <laughs> your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yes. for the audience's sake, hello Steve. <laughs> hello Tina. Hello Steve. Uh, and this episode of theme tunes is Nine. your choice. It's name. 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 Yeah. Um, so before we get into it, I have to ask you again, what have you been listening to, Stevie? Uh, lots, lots and lots and lots. Um, the uh, new Smooth and Terrell uh, album, uh, Stratos Bleu, Bleu. Which, is, which is absolutely excellent. Yeah. Um, best thing that they've done so far. I think they're really, really maturing. And mm. um, I got it on the other night and Yvonne came into the room and she normally does a double turn and walks back out. And she said, <laughs> you know, these are quite good. Oh, <laughs> high <laughs> praise. High praise indeed. You almost forget it's it's a dance album really, you know, yeah. um, because there are there are uh, sort of slower numbers and, uh, and that. And um, no, I, I think it's I think it's excellent. Um, and the other big one, well, the mm. two big ones, but the the, the sort of massive one, uh, as far as I'm co being concerned, <laughs> is the new Paul Weller album. Oh, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Paul. Uh, Sunset. And um, have you listened to it yet? I've or, listened uh, to it once. Yes. I and, need to uh, listen to it again. You're not going to like what I'm going to say now. You know, on. I'm not, I've always, Paul Weller, my first love. And despite yeah. me being a bit of a rock chick, the jam... Yeah were my number one band, my, yes. the first band that I fell in love with. We already mm -hmm. know all that, don't we? You yes. know, I'm not obsessed with him, but I think he is, you know, an amazing... He's a genius, isn't he, basically? Yeah, well, I'm borderline obsessed. I've got three I'm... copies of the album and the CD and the cassette. <laughs> oh, dear so... God. Well, yes, I, I have you seen the video of... Yes. Yeah, okay. So, 
Yeah. So so there's a new video of this of the single out on YouTube that anybody can watch now. And yeah. he's he's looking old, but it's like hard life, drinking, fags, shagging twenty yeah. year old girls, you yeah. know. That all it's that it's come home to roost, hasn't it really? Yeah. So that that single is it called Sunset, the single? Well, there is there is a track called Sunset. I think which that's the album title, but there's there's all the single was Village, but I think Sunset will be the next single. I think it's Sunset. It yeah. is the song that I've heard yeah. more than any of the others. Yeah, which is yeah. and it's quite it's quite um oh it's 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 sort of going back a bit to his um like cafe days yeah, a little it's, bit it's, it's it's more soulful i think i think that Very. The, the old album is is a lot more soulful it's almost yeah. like he went he's lived in in san francisco for the last 2 years and has been influenced by sort of uh, early 70s soul well his, and... his son lives there uh, one, oh, of, right. <laughs> one, one of, of his the, many sons one of the wellers yeah. and apparently he went out to see his son and he had gone out there you know, quite early on in his career, hmm. uh, when they were trying to to break America, and uh, it's it's a song about reminiscence, really. You yeah. know, uh, he's he's gone back to and he's looking around, and of course, things have changed. Like hmm. when whenever you go back somewhere, you kind of expect them to stay the same, but they never are. Hmm. And I mean, I think the old it's it's very much an album of about a man reaching a certain age. And he's, the autumn he's, of his years. Well, yeah, and there's um, there's there's a track, one probably my favourite track on the album, which is called "More," which goes on for about eight minutes, mm. and um, it's quite trip hoppy, uh, mm. and uh, it's it's looking at life that you know you don't need everything. Um, it's about not having more in your life, not wanting things, which is a slap in the face coming from a mod, you know, <laughs> whose yeah. who's, ethos was about consumerism. You Absolutely. Know, I've got to have the new clothes. I've got to have the new, the newest this, the newest that, the newest record. And now it's kind of, well, I don't need that. And and the, the single village about a guy who's just lived in his village the whole of his life and never gone anywhere. And, and what, but he still had this wonderful experience. And I always thought, well, my favorite jam album uh, is all mod cons. And do you remember the Mr. Clean song? Yes. You know, I yeah. hate you and I hate your wife. And if I get a chance, yeah. I'll fuck up your life. You know, this really, really angry song. Mm. And, that the the, the Paul Weller wrote that. What isn't the Paul Weller that's just wrote this? And there's yeah. uh, Buddhism creeping in. I think he's he's going on what may be a spiritual journey for Paul. So, yeah. Well, I the love one it. thing I I noticed about it more than anything else was I thought that the the mu the actual music of it is beautiful, yes, yes. and instantly liked all the songs on it. The yeah. one big thing that I sort of didn't sit easy with me at yeah. all was his vocals and i'll tell you why <laughs> he sounds old he's uh he's... he sounds is he hasn't got he still sounds yeah absolutely uh, and you know he oh how, how can i put this without saying that it sort of upset me a bit because I listened to him and I thought, oh my God, he sounds old. Poor well can't get old. And then I thought his voice isn't as powerful or and it sounds a bit croaky, like he's 
ooh, and I and it made me feel a bit, ooh, I don't like this. <laughs> He's not um, allowed to get old. <laughs> I think I'm about 12 plays in, into it now. Yeah. Uh, I've got used to the voice. I think it's yeah. one Did of the best. Did you notice it? I, I did. I noticed, <clears throat> like you, because um, I've been an obsessive. Um, I've been seeing photos of him with his sort of hair that's oh. not right, and um, and <laughs> uh, not I thought, right. <laughs> I thought, no, this is this is not this is not the Paul that yeah. I know, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, at the same time, um, last night uh, I listened to a new Paul Weller song. He works with a, uh, he produces a band called Stone Foundation, who I go and see every time they, they play. They're quite local to me. And uh, he did a track called Deeper Love, which is on the, the forthcoming Stone Foundation album. Absolutely banging. And his voice was good on it as yeah. well. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it, I think he's, it's, he's never been afraid to experiment, put it like that. Yeah. There's, um, there's there's a, he's still experimentation there's still experimentation into it you know the, all this all this years you know he's he's been in the, the the business he's never sort of rested I don't think he's got a he'll ever have a chance to rest because I think you made the the excellent point like with that many kids you've got to keep working <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well like one of another one of my friends who's a rock fan but is also an Paul Weller obsessive he hates it. He absolutely hates oh, the album, yeah. thinks it's the worst album. Now, I I said to him, oh, give it a few... You can't really yeah. make that sort of judgment. You, you've got to listen yeah. to it a few times. And he said, I, I've just listened to it since the day it came out, thinking, this is, I'm going to listen and it's going to be great. It's got, And he hates yeah. it. I was I was listening to an interview with him. Um, mm. Folks, we will get on to the actual topic in about a while. We're just <laughs> uh, and this he is said the, Paul, that... the Paul Weller Prince show, this is, isn't it? <laughs> and he said... He's uh, the uh, the other aspects. The live Albert Hall did, um, gig that he, he he recorded off his last, you know, yeah. the last album. And I didn't realise this, but there was actually a punch up in in the audience, oh, really? you know, because some of the jam fans, you know, the original mm. jam fans, you know, were there, and there were people who sort of prefer his later stuff. And and there was actually a sort of bit of a bit of a ruck between sort of people oh, in the in the Albert Hall, you know, so. I can understand <laughs> people who d who don't like it, but I oh. think I think he's 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 just pushing forward yeah. uh, all the time, really. And um, there's even that there's even a, a nod to that ghost box thing he did in, on one of the tracks. I forget which one, but yeah. Oh. So Paul Weller. Um, uh, well, I have to ask you, who the yeah. hell is Kuraya Kuruangabin Mordecai? Right. <laughs> Uh, Mordecai, <laughs> Mordecai is the title of the album. Oh, okay. And, and the band is Karang Bin. Karang Bin. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, they're American um, and um, they're quite twangy, sort of psych soul. They're very band. twangy. Uh, yeah. They're very, very um, twangy. <laughs> it's very twangy and it's very sort of late at night. Steve, uh, why do you like weird bands? pick a name <laughs> now um i was just i've lost the f they did a, an ep with uh they did an ep with liam bridges and i really like liam bridges and that's how i got into the the, the band and um 
there's there's lots of twanging on the the Liam Bridges EP, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give the the album a try, and I quite like it. It's it wouldn't be sort of a, a sort of a track that's going to get you in the mood for anything, but if you know if you want to wind down, <laughs> mm. it's it's very good. Right. And um, the last one that uh, I listened to that arrived on Thursday with an accompanying T-shirt is the new Allergies album. <gasps> yeah. Allergies. The allergies, we yes. We love the allergies, don't we? We love the allergies and we, we, love, we love jalapeno records. Because, jalapeno. Because <laughs> at the moment they are probably the best label uh, in the country because yeah. they, they've they really got their, their artists rotated down to a fine art. Yeah. And happy to say... I've only, only played it once, but the Allergies album is just ex- what you would expect. It's a party. <laughs> is and it is it better than Smooth and Terrell? It's different. Um, <laughs> I think I think Smooth and Terrell uh, can get you sort of really pumped up, but also you know you, they they'll also sort of let you go away and 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 think about things for a couple of a couple of tracks. You've got everything on this. You've got Afro beat. You've got Latin. You've got classic soul with the allergies, and a lot of uh, this rap on there, obviously. And there's a lot of sort of yeah, Bristolian toasting and stuff like that. It's just a party. I love it. I really do. I love it already. I, I always think you know one thing about you know throughout my career back in the day as well. You know, working in the music business, there are so many great bands out there. The people uh, just never hear, never get to hear of them. So I urge anyone listening to this now, just pause for a minute, just go on YouTube, find the allergies, and just have a look at one of their videos and listen to one of their songs. Put felony on, and felony. Um, yeah. really, if you if you don't like that, you know, you're... yeah, you're dead basically, <laughs> really, or gone deaf. You know? Yeah, I am a bit deaf though. All right, yeah, you I'm a bit deaf. So uh, what about the final name on the list then? Well, I, I asked you, it was a question to you. Have you listened to the new Rufus Wainwright I, album? No, I didn't oh, even... Right. Oh, this is ter- a terrible admission, but I didn't even know it was out now. <laughs> right. Um, I caught a couple of tracks the other day and it sounded very good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more the Rufus Wainwright I, I like. It's less of the operatic yeah. stuff. And, and he more hasn't the got, moaning, then more oh, moaning. All the full Judy Garland, you oh, know. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he, he's sort of less less of that. But uh, no, I um, I quite like what I heard anyway. I, and I, I've more time, I will investigate it, really. It's, uh, is it three, three or four years ago today that I saw Rufus Wainwright? He actually played where I, where I, near where I live is a town called Llangollen. And in this town, there's something called the International Eisteddfod. And it's been going for like 70 odd years. And Mm -hmm. every Saturday night, they try to get a star to play. And they've had like Dame Shirley Bassey, um, oh God, every status quo, you know. Pauline Black and the Selector, I saw (laughs) <laughs> God, that's going back. Well, last yeah. the, a couple of years ago, it was Rufus and Lucy Wainwright played, oh. 
and of course all the posh because it's it's terribly you know it's like yeah. shit poor people like us just normal yeah. people and then the terribly posh people who yeah. always have the front rows of the Estethford and they'd never seen Rufus in their life and he, I can remember it was so amazing <laughs> he, he played um, oh god what's the song where he ties himself to the cross Oh, good. <laughs> and he played an old whore's diet as well, which was like, I was, because me and Wes went, my son, because he's a big Rufus Wainwright fan, and we were just loving it, absolutely loving it. And oh, the fantastic. people from Flangoffin were a bit like, he's rather rude. Is he, <laughs> is he one of those gays? Oh, he's dear. Johnny Foreigner. Coming over here. Yes. Yeah, with that gay stuff. Hey. Is he a gay Canadian? Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so so well. As far as my listening has has gone this week, um, haven't listened to a lot of music, uh, but the one album that I've listened to is Miss America by Catherine. No, it isn't Catherine O'Hara. That's her sister, Mary Margaret O'Hara. <laughs> Mary Margaret O'Hara. Sorry, I'm a bit obsessed with Catherine O'Hara. Do oh. you watch um, Shit's Creek on Netflix? No, I've never seen it. It's a comedy. Oh, and she's the mum in it. And other people will know her. She's Kevin's mum out of Home Alone. And oh, she's yeah. the mum out of Beetlejuice. Beautiful red hair. Yeah. Well, she's Mary Margaret O'Hara's sister. Okay. <laughs> I keep calling Mary Margaret Catherine. But I, I had um, Miss America 20, 30 years ago. And my ex-husband took the CD with him, and the CD was always being terribly expensive. And I yeah, just... it's uh, it's one of those lost albums that people Absolutely. fight over these days, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I got it for four quid off Amazon. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, I'm having that. I'm having that. So I've just been listening to uh, to that on repeat, and it holds up. It's, it's it, still. I a... can imagine it does. Yeah. Oh, it's just so beautiful. I just love it. So that's all I've been listening to this week. Yeah. <clears throat> Catherine O'Hara. So, Steve, yes. shall we start? Shall we start? <laughs> instead, we shall. Of, instead of moaning about Paul Weller's old man voice and <laughs> not being able to pronounce bands' names. So you picked name. Yeah, I did. Yes. And, oh, my God, there's... There's just so many. You think, Nick, what the hell am I going to pick? Name. What, what, well, I thought what? the idea was, I, where it came from, on one Sunday afternoon, on, on Sundays, I once I've prepared lunch for the family, mm. I squiddle myself away with uh, my, my vinyl, as, or my vinyl, as you say. Vinyl. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I have a couple of hours to myself. And mm. what I like to do, is get me record box, me singles, Ooh, yeah. and do a blind pick. Ooh, I mean, dear. They're, they're Ooh. not in any order. I, I'm not one of, one of those librarian collectors now. Ooh, and no. I stick me hand in the box. Oh, dear. And I slap it on the turntable. And I see what comes up. Right. And what came up first was Bernadette by the Four Tops. Oh. Oh, man. And that's a tune. And yeah. I thought, I was like, sitting there and I thought, God, that's a tune. Yeah. Uh, Holland, Dozier and Holland. Yeah, they, yeah. They just wrote uh, them and Ashford and Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. My, for my money, the, the Motown great writers. Absolutely. And um, I was thinking, it, if you pick a pick a, a name, especially if you pick a girl's name, then you're halfway. You, you're not mm. halfway, but you, you're in there 
with the song already, aren't you? You yeah. know, yeah. name a name some name some girl who ain't got a song after it. You know, I mean, I can't, that think, of, can't think of any about Tina. Three Frank Sinatra. Oh, of course. Frank Sinatra. Of yeah. course. Tina, you should see. The <laughs> name sounds like gay crystal meth or something like that. Yeah. That's a new, that was a conversation we had in the week, folks. Uh, yeah, I found out that uh, Tina is uh, gay slang for crystal meth. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I thought, yeah, it's it's a good into writing a song, isn't it? But yeah, including like a real person, mm. then you've you've got to be a bit more specific. Bob Dylan, well, we know Bob because his last his, his, yeah. his, eight, his eight minute single just named. I think we're on his. There's <laughs> Stephen Tina I mentioned on there because he just he just rattles people off. But I mean, he's done uh, Hattie Carroll, <coughs> Medgar Evans, the uh, Reuben Carter, the Hurricane, the Fight. I mean, to, that's that's just off the top of my head. He, mm. he, he can write about actual people, and I thought, oh. What about picking songs about where actual people sort of uh, yeah. appear? Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I think. It's a up. great choice. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But when you initially said it, I just thought, oh, God. And then when I, when I really thought about it, there are just so many songs that involve names that I thought there's just too many to pick from. So I'm going to take you literally and I'm just going to, narrow it down to songs that literally mention names of real people so the re the, the song is either called or so and I, and even that was really hard it mm -hmm. was really hard but that's what i've done my three picks are songs and they've got they actually have the names and are about real people mm -hmm. so it's the ultimate testament to love, really, isn't it? Having a song written about you. I suppose so, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Carol uh, Neil Sedaka once wrote a old Carol about Carol King. Yeah. And uh, she thought, I don't really like you <laughs> yeah. that much. And she wrote a song called O'Neill, which was crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my, well, again, you know, my son Wes, he's. Um, he wrote a song about his ex-girlfriend. It's absolutely beautiful, this song that he wrote. Um, and I think it, it's a couple of years ago now, but I, I used to go to gigs of his that were in Manchester or Liverpool. And while I was with him, he would always talk to like his fans. You know, he would never yeah. like be in the back or he always used to go out and meet people. And this one person came up to him and they'd had the lyrics to this song tattooed up their arm. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they like the lyrics so much. So you can write songs about people that can work in both ways. I think it's probably the, the most romantic thing you can do is write a song to the person you love. And perhaps one of the greatest love songs ever written, I don't know if you'll agree with me here, is The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole now because the the thing that you picked, the, the fact that you picked name and I did a bit of research on different songs, having thought, oh, what about this song? What about this song? Opened up so many doors to so many interesting things about different songs that have been written about different people. 
So you've heard of Ewan McCall. Kirsty McCall's uh, dad, isn't he? Kirsty McCall's dad. Yeah. So Ewan McCall's a, a con- not a country and western singer, sort of like a folk singer back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, and was really famous. I've never heard him sing. I I knew about him just mainly because I I really like Kirsty McCall and everybody would say, oh, she's Ewan McCall's daughter. And I was like, who's Ewan Yeah, McCall? it's one of those facts that everybody throws out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you like, don't... Yeah, unless you're into hardcore folk music fan, you don't really <laughs> know who he is. So, yeah. so Ewan McCall was married to Jean Newlove, who is Kirsty McCall's mum. Um, Kirsty McCall died really tragically in... The year 2000, she got hit in the head in Mexico by a, a boat. Do you remember yeah, that? It was I horrible. Do. I love Kirsty McCall. Yeah, me right? too. Yeah, Absolutely. Her, her albums are just... Yeah. We'll probably in These talk Shoes about is her. one of my favourite songs ever. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's amazing. Um, so you and McCall wrote The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face for 21-year-old Peggy Seeger who he'd met on the folk circuit and they would occasionally sing together uh, and he was shagging her on the side. They were having an affair. <laughs> uh, so when Peggy Seeger was having an affair with him, she got pregnant and had a baby. I think it was a boy. At the same time that June Newlove, who was actually married to Ewan, also got pregnant and the result of that was Kirsty. Wow. So, yeah. So he got two women on the go, but he wrote the song not for his wife, but for his mistress, Peggy. Well, it's a smack in the face, isn't it, really? Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a beautiful song, though. This is Peggy singing it. The first time ever I saw your face I thought the sun rose in your eyes And the moon and the stars were the gift you gave To the dark and empty skies, my love To the dark and empty skies Well... What do you think about that then? <laughs> it's horrendous, horrendous, isn't it? Horrendous, it's terrible, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, She's still I, going, isn't she, Peggy Seeger? I don't know. I thought yeah, she'd be dead um, by now. I heard, oh, uh, last Sunday, um, I think it was the Radcliffe and McConey show, some, some poet was on and they said that... Um, Oh, her mum had invited Peggy Seeger round for tea and yeah. uh, she'd been round and they'd sang folk songs together. And I thought, oh, she's still going, yeah. Well, uh, first, I'd never heard Peggy Seeger sing it. I knew that he'd written this song for mm. her, but I imagined it to be, like, really beautiful and romantic yeah. and gorgeous. <laughs> so let's just... Just have a quick listen to Roberta Flack sing the same song. Well, this is this this is the version I'm I knew. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. The first time ever I saw your face, I thought. 
But it just goes to show, doesn't it, how different the, oh, the sentiment yeah, it, is. Yeah, it, the is, interpretation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that he wrote this beautiful song for Peggy, who sings it like a harpy. Yeah. <laughs> on acid, <laughs> yes. and then Roberta is just so, so oh, yeah. melty, isn't yes, she? Yes, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I also like George uh, George Michael singing that song as well. He sings it beautifully. Yes. Oh, of course. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. So so before we actually start and get into um your choices, your song choices, um again, you know, when we're gonna do a show, I do a bit of research as do you. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's again you come back to that word muse, like painters always have muses, don't they? And I think a lot of songwriters can only really write songs if they're upset or yeah. Or like broken up with their wife, or you know whatever. So uh, well, how many how many songs have been written about broken hearts? You know, I mean, abs- yeah, oh, all, all the best so, ones, yeah. Yeah. aren't they? Uh, and it seemed to me that um, two names, two women's names, kept popping up constantly um, about uh, of songs, uh, and it seemed like they came from two places. One was absolute hate, <laughs> and the other one wasn't so much. I didn't get the the vibe that it was oh all encompassing love. It was more about um, lust and obsession. Have you got any idea <laughs> who who you think these you know? Because there's an awful lot of songs written about these two women. One's sort of from the sixties, and one is modern day. Any idea? Um, I've got. I got the one which mm. um, it may be uh, one of the Boyd sisters. Yeah. Yeah, Patty. Because um, um, I think Patty had more songs written about her, but Jenny, her sister, was yeah. married to Mick Fleetwood twice. Yeah. He yeah. married her twice, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And also, um, was uh, Donovan wrote Jennifer Juniper about her. She yeah. is Jennifer Juniper. And she went to... Uh, when the Beatles were all decamping in India with a uh, old yogi there, and uh, <laughs> she went, but I don't think I think again Donovan was lusting and never it never sort of came off. Uh, so he you tried were. to I'll, I'll write a song about you, you know, but it's a bit drippy, you know. It's mm. not Jennifer Juniper. I'd like to take your pants off, really. It's like you know, yeah. It was a huge but, head, though, wasn't it? I quite. I've got a soft spot for Donovan. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I, I've got a soft spot for Cat Stevens. You're not allowed to call him that anymore, though, are you? Yusuf. Yes. Yusuf <laughs> Islam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he might, he'll he'll pop up later. Will Cat? Mm. Oh yeah, will he? Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, he gets an honourable mention. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just just for the listeners, um, if you're thinking who the hell's Patty Boyd, Patty Boyd was um a model. And an actor, you know, one of those model stroke actresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, pause it here and just go online and have a look at fo- of a photo of Patty Boyd. 
yep. back in the day. That's a, that's a good idea, actually. Um, her first part was she was cast as a schoolgirl in Hard Day's Night in 1964, and that's how she met George Harrison of the Beatles. Uh, and that sort of put her on a journey that led her to becoming like this, I don't know, like the Helen of Troy of pop history. Uh, and I, and I, as I was reading about her, I kept going back to look at her photo to, to try and get my head round what it could be about her that all these men became totally sexually obsessed with her. Now, bear in mind that I've got a history of like, you know, I used to know a lot of groupies back in the day. None of them were particularly good-looking girls. And I, <laughs> and I asked one. <laughs> well, I asked one. Uh, Ruth, her name was. I often think about Ruth and wonder what happened to her and what she's doing now. This is in Los Angeles. And I said, what, what is it about you? You know, because you just, obviously you're available, but what is it? And she actually slipped her two front teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> I made myself cough then. So yeah, it was um a lot of it had to do with um mm. your sexual technique, I think, and then the rumour would get around that you could do certain things and but I don't think that was the case with Patty Boyd <laughs> at all. No. Um, well Harrison and Patty Boyd got married uh but it wasn't just George Harrison that fancied patty boyd um do you know anything about patty boyd at all and all the different men that she was involved well, i know with? i know that i mean i think it's it's just part of rock history that yeah. uh eric clapton uh, wrote yeah. layla about this unrequited mm. well you know this this love that that because she was with somebody else but yeah i mean i think that's what everybody it's in that in the consciousness isn't it really yeah yeah, yeah. so so eric Cla so she's married to george harrison and ev in those days all the rock british rock stars knew each other eric clapton looked at one look at her and thought i'm having a bit of that and he yeah. relentlessly pursued her to the point where he wrote the album and the really famous song layla about her and uh I think he, he got her to come up to his flat one day and played her the song. And um, she listened to it and went, yeah, that's nice. I'm off back up to the mansion with George now. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's some of the songs that have been written about Patty Boyd. Um, the Beatles, I Need You. Uh, something, something in the way. She knew that oh, one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for You Blue, Derek and the Dom Dominoes, Layla. Uh, what else did he do? Layla? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all about... It was something to do with a book and forbidden love. And anyway, she wasn't impressed at all. We were all really impressed with Layla. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Wood, because instead she left George Harrison didn't go off with Eric Clapton, but rather went off with Ronnie Wood, who wrote Mystifies Me and Breathe On Me, neither of which I've ever heard. He was a good-looking dude around that time, wasn't he? So? Ronnie, Ronnie Wood, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've discovered his one of his early uh, group, which were called The Birds, but not yeah, yeah. the American spelling. 
and uh, yeah, he was a he was a dude. He was yeah. he was a good looking chap. He, he hadn't got the sort of you know the cocaine face then <laughs> by that stage, had he really? No, the cocaine he, face. Oh. Well, I I read that Wood had a sort of warped rock star wife swap in which he had an affair with Boyd, and Harrison had an affair with with Wood's first wife, Chrissy Findlay. Wood wrote in his autobiography that he'd actually pinched Findlay from Eric Clapton to begin with, further complicating things. So, in other words, they were all shagging each other. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Whose go is it with Patty this week? I was going to you, say, I, I, <laughs> it's a good job they didn't have his uh, mobile phones. You'd be texting each oh, other. <laughs> yeah, mobile fo- phones. It's again, your right? turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, George Harrison, so sad. Eric Clapton not only wrote Layla about Patty Boyd, he also wrote Wonderful Tonight. Oh, well, I'd be offended if, if if somebody wrote that about me. God, that's a <laughs> snorty record, isn't it? <laughs> I don't mind it, actually. I prefer oh, Layla. Okay. Um, Eric Clapton, she's waiting. Eric Clapton, old love. All right, OK. Yeah, yeah. so that's... That's a shitload. I didn't even count. There's something like 10 songs there written about Patty Boyd. So then we move on to a modern muse. Now, this probably won't come as any surprise to anybody at all that some songs have been written about this woman, but the amount of songs by the most bizarre people that she's offended. Um, (laughs) And it's it's Courtney Love. Courtney Love? Courtney Love. Now she's a, yeah, yeah, whole. I mean, she's a really divisive character. Uh, I've got to admit that I don't dislike her. She's annoying. I've, I've got the same opinion, really. I, you know, um, I remember when she was actually doing music, you know. Yeah. And um, she still does. D- does she? Okay. Um, and do you remember when Brick Smith was in the fall? Yeah. And there were. The, there was all those riot girls bands coming along as well. There was L seven and uh, oh, Babes in Toyland and all that that kind of stuff. And I quite I really liked them. Um, Slate Sleater Kinney as well. And I, I quite I quite liked them. And I always thought they had a rough time anyway. Mm. And I remember I remember going to see the fall when Bricks Brick Smith was in there, and. Four fans, like to an extent, like New Order fans, the, the audience was sort of mixed. You got a lot of students, yeah, and then you got a lot of fo- football hooligans. Yeah, and I had a sort yeah. of had my foot in both camps, really. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I was a sort of wannabe student, a wannabe f- football hooligan. Yeah, and the the abuse that um, Brick Smith got for being in foot, she can't fucking play, mm. and uh, Gillian Gilbert out of New Order. Yeah. Uh, again, when when oh fucking can't play the keyboard, yeah, yeah. plays the keyboards with one finger, her does, and yeah, she might have had to because she was playing a sequencer which you could only play with one finger. You know, <laughs> there was so arc, there was so you know troublesome, and and there could only be played one finger at a time. But the, the abuse that they got, so mm. I kind of liked her for for that really. Um, but um, I don't, I couldn't really name you a whole song off the top of my head 
Well, I, Celebrity Skin is is Hole's most famous song, and it is well, yeah, it is yeah. a really it's a good yeah. song. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Courtney Love is she was around the scene for years before she met Kurt Cobain, and actually lived in Liverpool for quite a long time. Sort of had affairs so with Julian Cope, and um, you know, sort of worked with Echo and the Bunny Man, hanging on. She was always there, like mm. a bad smell. <laughs> she was a bit of a well, I yeah, I I don't know if I would call call her a muse. I think she's got that um, Nancy Spongeon thing going on uh, about yeah. her. You know, she's she's like, oh look, it's her again. But then yeah. I think she always wanted to be in a band, but always wanted to be really famous. But then she met Kurt Cobain. I mean, and there's a lot of people even now thinks who who do think that she had him murdered so she could have all his money. Uh, and sort of like they were in reverse of um, Amy Winehouse and what was his oh her, her husband's name not Grant oh, oh yeah it's, Brett oh I can't remember what his oh, name was come yeah. to me it's a double barrel name yeah isn't it? yeah that she got yeah. that she like got Kurt into drugs and oh, that's not really true he was a smackhead when he I met was going to say you know? he, yeah. he got a history <laughs> yeah yeah but she mm-hmm. she literally emancipated herself from her mom who kept getting married and didn't really she didn't have a great childhood mm-hmm. and she ended up by herself so i think she did even though she's again a div- divisive character i think she was just sort of looking after herself which ended up her being hanging around bands on their coattails hoping that a bit of their fame would rub off on her and it did okay. in spades really when she met mm-hmm. kurt cobain so the other thing about Courtney Love is that she shagged everybody and then they've written a song about her. So here's some of the songs written about Courtney Love. First one, Trent Reznor had an affair with her. Now, I've heard that he, the downward spiral is supposedly about his relationship with her. Don't think that's true, though. However, Star Suckers definitely is about her Trent Reznor has admitted it um and she's quoted as saying don't call your band nine inch nails if you have a three inch dick oh dear (laughs) right okay yeah so uh another band the Smashing Pumpkins he wrote tonight tonight oh really I love that song do you I've never been really really do like that Pumpkins fan Uh, never and I again back in the day uh, had to work with Billy Corgan briefly. What a total dick. Ah, I, Which, I suspected as much, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, terribly unpleasant person. Uh, yeah, so she was a, she was going out with Billy Corgan before she met Kurt Cobain. Um, and apparently most of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is written about her. Because oh, she well. went, she was with him, and she went off with Trent Reznor. Okay, so you know that's yeah. that's the swings uh, and yeah. the roundabouts all in one. Yeah. Oh, okay. so Trent Reznor wants to fuck her like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Corgan just wants to buy her a bunch of flowers and take her for dinner. He wants, to, yeah, he wants to woo her. <laughs> so he he is a good one as well. How about this? Tori Amos wrote a song about her called "Professional Widow." Oh, that song, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that was because she caused a rift between Amos 
and Trent Reznor. So I don't know if Tori Amos was sleeping with Trent Reznor and Courtney came between them, but whatever, Tori doesn't like Courtney. I always think that, you know, that that professional widow, when mm. she sings, she's, and I always thought she was saying he's got a big dick. But uh, <laughs> if, if it's Trent Reznor, apparently he hadn't. He anyway. hasn't. No, it's so, a three-inch you know, one. So, yeah. <laughs> Here's a surprising one. Gwen Stefani wrote Hollaback Girl about her. Oh, God. You know, I'm liking uh, I'm liking her every... If she's getting these kind of yeah. records, uh, songs written about her, she's going up, up and up. You know, I think, yeah, great. <laughs> Another good song. So he here's the quote about that. Uh, in Seventeen magazine, Love pronounced, being famous is just like being in high school. But I'm not interested in being the cheerleader. I'm not interested in being Gwen Stefani. She's the cheerleader and I'm out in the smoker shed. Uh, so <laughs> Stefani got really pissed off and, and wrote Hollaback Girl. And in the video, she dresses as a cheerleader. Fantastic. Well. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So finally, now there are a lot more songs than this, but I just had to yeah. add this one on the end. Uh, Foo Fighters had to write a song about her, didn't well, they, really? So. Yeah, really. Um, uh, I'll stick around. Now, I haven't written the lyrics out for this, but it's pretty scathing. Um, and... Uh, Oh, my God, his name has just gone straight out of my head. The singer with the Foo Fighters. Oh, God, Tina. It's terrible. Anyway, the singer. I know everybody's screaming, it's blah, blah, blah. I can see it's his face It's not me. Now. I don't know either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he he um, he's, he's always... Grohl, but, uh, that's it. It's Dave Grohl. <laughs> oh, does he sing? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Plays oh, he play, he's a bit of a renaissance man. He can do everything, including taking my pants off if he wants to. Uh, Dave Grohl, even though I wouldn't be able to remember his name... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll write a song about Tina. Uh, Tina, she I talk about her, but she doesn't remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, he's always denied that he's ever written a song about her, and about two years ago, he finally admitted that I'll stick around is about Courtney Love and he said um, of course it's fucking well about her those were his exact words he said who else would have written I'm the only one who sees your rehearsed insanity all right okay mm. yeah so yeah. so Courtney yeah. Love Courtney Love wins over Patty Boyd I'm afraid because totally. they're much better songs Absolutely. yeah 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 that's yeah. A, they're not the only songs there are more songs about yeah oh yeah. well if you Good can old, you can make somebody hate your guts that it's much. That much. <laughs> they're gonna write a song about you. Good yeah, on you, and girl. Good songs at that, yeah, yeah. Good songs. So, Steve, it is time for me to rest my vocal cords, and for you to take over and tell me, out of all the names in songs, what is your first pick? Ah, my first pick. Um, well, this is the Young Radicals, and you only get what you give. And um, the reason I picked it was it's a bloody great song. It's, it's, you know, if I hear this now, I just, yeah, I just want to, I'm a middle-aged man, I'll pump my fist in the air. I just love it, you know. Um, and um, the, the the name business really doesn't come in 
right until the end. Um, mm. And it's pretty much of a one-hit wonder. Uh, Greg Alexander, who was pretty much the band anyway, um, wasn't that in that much into touring, um, but was in, interested in songwriting. And as a sort of a little bit of a, a sort of an in-joke amongst himself, really, he, uh, he put this sort of... Um, verse on right at the end end of the song so the, the song could have actually died but he, he, he put this 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 verse in and the sort of um the first couple of lines uh, are about um health insurance and the fda and just a you know a slag off of corporate america mm. um but after that he took pot shots at <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, beck hansen uh, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson and um, and ends with you're all fakes run to your mansions come around we'll kick your ass in and <laughs> and just to see what the reaction was and it was exactly as he plotted um, everybody forgot the FDA and everybody forgot you know health insurance they, they all concentrated the fact that he he'd slagged a few rock stars mm. off you know yeah. and apparently he he bumped into um, uh, it bumped, it bumped into Beck, and and Beck was quite okay about it. Marilyn Manson wasn't too fussy. I think I think Courtney did take exception. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that, and that was it for Greg as as a as a performer. I mean, he's gone on to he's I think he's had Grammys and he's written for oh good uh, some of the Spice Girls and Ronan Keaton and uh, uh, Santana. He's he's quite diversified really? wow yeah 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 so and uh yeah he's um he's he's just concentrated as a songwriter but i just wished it uh, he he could have he could have had another go um should have a listen yes
quite interesting that that you picked without knowing I was going to talk about Courtney Love. That that song yeah. has got Courtney Love in it. It's got Courtney Love in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. Uh, yeah. What an amazing woman. I the more I sort of think about it about her, I do. Yeah, I think, yeah. God, you must be such a foul person. Yeah. <laughs> I I also remembered um, when Kurt Cobain was uh, was still going. Um, Michael Stipe hung around them both quite a lot. So I'm just wondering if if, if she actually made anything into an REM song. Because they, <laughs> they were quite friends, you know, they're, they're quite friendly. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Have you ever seen her act? She had done. Um, no. She's in, oh God, see, I should have written this down. She's in a film with Woody Harrelson. Oh my God, I, and I can't remember what it's called. But she's um, it's the the man who made Hustler magazine. It's quite old. Is it Oliver Stone? I'm pretty sure it's an Oliver Stone film. Right. And okay. The, I can remember the cover of the film as well. It's it's a, it's Woody Harrelson on a cross in front of the American flag, and she plays <laughs> That's his, an Oliver Stone film, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, his new biography comes out this week as well, which I'm looking forward to reading. I like Oliver Stone, um, but she plays the part of Woody Harrelson's wife, who was a porn actress, and now they own this empire of porn, uh, and it's based <laughs> on a true story. Um, and she's great in it. She's oh, a really right, good right. actor. Yeah, yeah, she is good. Anyway, sorry about that. I'll let you tell us what your second choice is. Um, my second choice is uh, The Kinks and uh, Waterloo Sunset. Do the beginning. Go on. Do the beginning. It's such a great song. It's, it's the song I can remember listening to on in the kitchen of at my mum's yeah. on uh, a transistor radio and it was uh, an ever ready sky baby transistor radio i still <laughs> see this little plastic transistor radio in the kitchen and it i think that's the first song my ears sort of pricked up and mm. it's probably one of my favorite it probably the my my, my favorite song to be honest um really? because i think Out of yeah all this, yeah yeah because i think the imagery just Absolutely. If something captures yeah. you that much, you know, and and I think Ray Davis is is very good at standing back and narrating stuff, mm. and and he's an observing people, and and he puts you in in the Ray Davis position that you're just watching, you know, you're 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 a voyeur on this this and and the actual guitar playing is is superb and yeah. it's it's short and it's sweet and it's lovely, and uh, I really like it. And um, um, shall we have a listen? Yes, let's. Sí, la. 
if uh, if anybody's interested, um, I recommend a book on uh, on London in the 60s. And it's by Sean Levy and it's called Ready, Steady, Go. And there's a bit about Waterloo Sunset in there. Um, it was various chapters about various people. And one of them is uh, is Terence Stamp, uh, who shared a flat with Michael Caine in the 60s. Did he? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you can imagine putting those two together. And and Terence Stamp was really the guy that everybody thought was going to be the big, the big star. Yeah. Not Michael Caine. Um, but, of course, Alfie happened. Yeah. And then the move to, to the States and, and really he, he stole his thunder. But... Um, uh, Terence Stamp, actually, is the, the better actor. And he was so good looking yeah i, I yeah, mean so yeah. good looking we we recently um reviewed one of his lesser known films called the collector yeah i think it's out on indicator i'm not sure but but the right. the review is on the website and he's amazing in it he's like a disturbed youth who um kidnaps a woman and keeps her hostage in what? his uh, cellar uh, but Terence Stamp, yeah, he's. Um, people will be going, oh, who's Terence Stamp? Okay, so for. He's Zod out of. He, he's Zod out of Superman, <laughs> yeah. But he's also my most favourite Terence Stamp. Well, two two ac films, actually. He's Sergeant Troy in Far From the Madding Crown, jo John Schlesinger's yeah. version from the early 60s. But he's also in a film, um, a Steven Soderbergh film, which is a, it's got to be maybe 10 or 15 years old now that I urge you to watch if you like gritty, like sort of gangstery films called The Limey. Have you ever heard oh, yeah, of that? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, well, a, he's like a great actor. Yeah. Well, in Sean, the Sean Levy book, he does a little bit about the fact that... Um, Ray Davis in the in the Kinks um, kind of intimated that uh, the uh, the Terry and Julie uh, mm. characters in the song were were him and Julie Christie. Yeah. Um, he then backtracked and said it was about his nephew. Um, reading between the lines, Ray Davis sort of con contradicts himself a lot. Um, I don't believe that. I don't believe. I really. When he wrote that song was just when Far From the Madding Crowd had Crowd come was, out yeah, yeah, and Terence right. Stamp was yeah. Sergeant Troy and Julie Christie with yeah. Bathsheba Everdeen in it. Yeah, right. And they were so, a couple Yeah, as but, well. But if it's about A. Terry and A. Julie, it doesn't really matter. I mean, when I was growing up, they were just a couple that were meeting out on a date. You know? Yeah. And yeah. when they they uh, they cross over the river at the end and feel safe and sound, I'm quite happy for them. You know, it don't have to be them. But um, the, I always, ever since reading that book again, oh, I think I read it about five years ago. Um, I, it, it put them back into being Terence, Terence Stamp and, and Julie Christie again. Yeah. But again, uh, re, if you get a chance, I think you can get on Amazon for a quid this book uh, or, pe or a penny even. And the, the the bit about Vidal Sassoon will literally kill your hair, if you excuse the pun, because <laughs> uh, Vidal Sassoon ain't the Vidal Sassoon you, you, you may think he is. Oh, he was to get that. He's a nut job. Well, really? not a nut job, a real hero in a, in a lot. He was, 
he was out scrapping fascists and uh, wow. and, uh, and joined the Israeli army because he wanted a bit of a taste. He wanted, you know, Ooh. he wanted this camp guy, you know, who, who, yeah. who did the bob that went with, you know, um, all the outfits. It's it's very good book. So uh, yeah. yeah, really recommend. Yeah. So well, what, what I, do you I, think then? Do you think it was about Terence Stamp and Julie Christie? I think he was because. Um, Ray Davis at that time, I don't know tremendous amount of Ray Day about the kinks, um, other than having the Village Green Preservation Society and the Muswell Hill Hill Hillbillies album and a, a greatest hits, that's all the Kinks collection I've got. Yeah. And they're always a band. I keep thinking, Oh, I should go and I should listen to this more, I should listen to it. And I've seen Ray Davis live and he, he's a great performer. Um but I don't know a fantastic amount of it about the band. But I, I do. I read an interview uh, a long time ago, and he'd said that he was um, because he, he came from quite. I mean, they were all very well off. He had. He was one of eight, mm. and he had him and his brother had eight older sisters, and um, so they were quite pampered. But they're quite poor at the same time. They're very working class, mm. and uh, the, the the tale is and. I'm, uh, I'm sure he's been backed up that his el elder sister gave him a guitar one day and then died the same day. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he wrote songs about his sister. I think Come Dancing's about his sister get, don't going out dancing and stuff like that. So, That's a good song. Yeah. But um, so he come from quite a poor background and he through the kinks. And a lot of people, I read, uh, the, you know, um, inventing heavy metal across, along the way. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't Judas Priest then. No, no, no. Um, a lot of people said the um, the, the 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 Kinks really were um, sort of uh, invented heavy metal. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, uh, um, which uh, well, you really got me. If you look at the fuzzy guitar on it, I suppose. Yeah. It, yeah it, but a lot of people cite that as being a. The start of heavy metal, but um, he moved into sort of society, um, mm. and but I suppose coming from a working class background, observed rather than participated. Yeah. So you know, later sunny afternoon and and uh, oh, yeah, well, some yeah, of the songs. Yeah, that, and that dedicated follower of fashion. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, they, I uh, mean, for songs that you wouldn't. I mean, I'll, maybe a lot of people listen to this to think, yeah, I don't really know the the kinks um and again you know you you've heard a little bit of waterloo sunset if you if you fancy going down a rabbit hole just go on yeah. youtube and just like have a look at some of the kinks' songs because they're the he's written some of the most iconic songs hasn't he like sunny afternoon yeah might um, not mean, mean anything lola probably oh, yeah. one of the best songs ever written lola uh, uh, um yeah. Yeah, uh, David watched that the uh, our friend Paul Weller sang. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And a Kirsty McCall song, Days. She, yeah, she took um, that to the charts. Chris, and... he was he was Mr. Chrissy Hind at one stage, wasn't he? As yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they've got yeah. Uh, they've got a kid together, and they the only the only personal thing I know about Ray Davis and the Kinks is that Ray. And he's, I think his brother's called Dave. Yeah, Dave Abs Davis, yeah. They ate each other and they used to have massive scraps on stage. And <laughs> well, the, something... Gallag the Gallaghers ain't got nothing on the on the kinks when it no. comes to fisticuffs. Yeah. They, um, apparently, the, the, there was one almighty scrap 
um, on stage where um, the drummer um, thought he had killed Ray Davis because he, he hurled a cymbal at him. <gasps> and Ray Davis needed, I think it was about 15, uh, 15 16 uh, stitches. Wow. And they thought he, he literally chopped his head off with with a symbol, oh and he, he ran for and Mick Avery, that's his name, and he ran for it. He literally, I think, he ran to the police station and sort of gave himself up. <laughs> and um, I've and, killed Ray Davis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say it. In, it's uh, it, the Gallagher's are, Gallagher's are nothing on these, and they've but they've said other people have said they scrapped in the studio, um, yeah. but at the same time they've. They've made up lots and lots of times as well, and mm-hmm. um, they've just got a strange relationship that which only I suppose only only they can understand. Mm-hmm. What what I heard was Dave Davis released released um, a single which was called "The Death of a Clown." It's really it was it was a hit. I think it got a top ten, yeah. and and it was it was included on a Kinks album, and it was quite different to. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of what the Kinks were, were doing. It was sort of um, a little bit maudlin at the time, and uh, very interesting. And the rumours were there was a, a a Dave Davis album that kind of got lost, and Ray got accused of sabotage. And he will, he oh. will take, he will rub his brother's nose in the face. And I think Dave had a stroke um, a few years ago. And when when he was recuperating, Ray actually got up on stage with him. But even when he got up on stage with his brother, he was quite snarky. You know, they weren't throwing their arms around each other. But there's there's always going to be a rumour about another Kinks tour. I'd I'd go and see if they did. It wouldn't be just a box-sticking exercise. Well, the the most important thing is... Did either of them sleep with Patty Boyd or, um, or Courtney, Courtney Love? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, so so, uh, so we've had two of your choices now and we're going to yes. go for the big number one now. Number one. And, uh, well, it's um, it's my friend Ian McGeeky or, uh, or John Martin and... Uh, it's uh, another one of my favourite songs. It's uh, Solid Air. Shall I have a listen and then we'll talk about yeah. it? Yeah.
I'm 
It's the song. It's lovely. It's got a, <laughs> you could be nice and stoned and listen to this, even though mm. I, 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 I don't smoke this stuff anymore. But it, it just—it's a drift away song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think somebody said it? one stage. When, when was it recorded? Is that late sixties? Seventy-three, I think. Yeah. The album yeah. released. Um, I got into it. I think it was about six, seven years later. I was going out with a girl. You'd be, you'd be surprised to know. And, <laughs> and yet uh, another one in the long list. Uh, of, uh... Yeah. And um, her brother, um, uh, council house girl. She was oh. lovely. She was Karen. And uh, her brother <laughs> had gone off to uh, to university, and she didn't. There was only her and her brother. And uh, you know, in the council houses where people had a room for the best. Yeah, with all the good furniture in, and everybody lived in the kitchen. Yeah, and when I come round, we were allowed to go into the good room and listen to the uh, the music on the music centre, and uh, where they kept a discreet eye out. The door was never closed, you know. All right, keep an eye out to what we would do. No naughtiness for you then. (laughs) Uh, Brother had left um, when he'd gone off to uni. He left quite a lot of records. I think he probably everything on a on cassette mm. and he must have been quite a folky because uh, there was a couple of john martin albums right there was some cat stevens uh oh. fairport convention fairport convention sorry yeah and <laughs> um oh Joni mitchell that kind of yeah Johnny. yeah and uh, he came back and um he was because i you know i didn't what your background was, but if somebody went out for went off to university from a council estate, you know they're almost hung banners in the street. Oh, you know. Well, I, <laughs> We've I, got in all seriousness, I was I was like in my um, I was about thirty when I went to university. I was the first person I knew, <laughs> and from my surrounding area that had been to uni. Yeah, yeah. So no, I I had no, as a kid. It was only the posh kids at school who went to uni and they weren't my friends anyway. So, yeah. 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 I think he'd gone off and um, uh, at that stage you could sort of live on a grant. Yeah, mixed with some posh posh kids, took a shitload of drugs and (laughs) uh, actually it it affected. I I bumped into Karen um, at a friend's funeral or oh, years and years ago and said basically he never that he never came back properly he, mm. he had uh, he had a lot he took a lot of acid and 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 had mental health issues ever since but i remember him coming back and um we were listening we were in the in the sort of did you used to call it the front or the lounge we used to call it the front well uh, i've never lived in a house that had a best room. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, no, I just... No, we, no we, we all lived... We were exactly the same, but I think they called it the front. Yeah. And uh, we were in the front room, and he, he came down and said... Um, and we were listening, and I said, oh, is it OK if we, 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 we listen to your records? And he says, you can have them. Like, oh. You, you can have them all, but, keep, but I want the Jethro tour. Oh, okay. and, I, and I thought, wow, we've 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 struck lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Not only have we got his records, we've also got rid of the Jethro tour. <laughs> and, uh, and we divvied them up. And, and she being uh, a nice girl, let me keep the the, the I think those three John Martin uh, uh, albums and and a Nick Drake album, which oh, was Nick five Drake. years left. Yeah. And Solid Air, of course, is dedicated to. 
uh, John's friend Nick Drake, and um, uh, who would I think he died? He was already dead by that stage. He died about eighteen months after the album was released. Mm. A lot of again, it depends what you read. Um, a lot of people say he was a drugs overdose. Uh, other people said he just got his dosage wrong. Mm. Um, but it's it's very much a song that said, well, you know, wants to about a guy wanting to throw his arms around somebody he really respects and loves, and uh, it's a quite touching song for a man to write about another man, yeah. considering it's it's John Martin. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, there is a there is a saying I'm I'm sure you're well aware of that says you know it says never meet your heroes. And there's another one yeah. that says, never meet your heroes if his name's John Martin. Oh, dear. <laughs> I take I met, it you met John, then. I met, I met John twice, and mm. um, both times in a pub. <laughs> yeah, was it in a pub in Chester by any chance? No, um, it was weird. The first time I was going to football. And we were, I'm a Birmingham City supporter. Don't laugh. You know, I, I crystal. Don't, I don't crystal, know anything about football. So. Yeah, well, neither do I. That's why I end up supporting Birmingham. <laughs> but Chris will be chuckling, you know, because he's, 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 he supports Wolves and they're doing rather well and got a good manager. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. But anyway, we were away at Stoke and I I saw that John was playing uh, mm. nearby. And I thought, you know what? Double header. What year was I'll, this? Oh, God. I think it was about 87, 88, because um, John toured all the time because he never really sold that many records. Mm. He, he couldn't he couldn't make enough money off his record sales, so he was very much a jobby musician. Solidaire uh, was a big album at the time, though, it was wasn't it? Big, and that but it, song. It never manifested in record sales. Um, oh. uh, in fact, later albums... Uh, after, after well into the eighties, were, were better were uh, were better um, sellers. Uh, Grace and Danger, I think, was a better seller, and uh, um, I think because they they tried to put him in a suit at one stage and turn oh, him God. into like a Phil Collins and you know oh, a no. Eric Clapton when they were wearing suits, you know. But uh, but they they were better sellers. But um, yeah, so he he had to keep touring. But I I. I remember going, we were away at Stoke and, and I thought, oh, I'll get a ticket to see John Martin, go in the match, you know, have a few beers um, after the match and then, then go to John Martin. Of course, I got to Stoke quite early and I thought, well, might as well get have a pint before the, the football. Walked into this uh, pub, checked if it was safe. That, that was they were kind of the days when there was a bit of hooliganism and walked smack bang into John Martin. Yeah. And uh, it was... Um, sitting in the corner with a beer, and I said, "You're John Martin, aren't you?" And he said, and he kind of looked, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, "I'm going to see you tonight." And then the pub started filling up full of sort of football fans, and he sat there. He said, "Come sit down," and uh, we had a chat, and he was an absolutely lovely man. And oh. I have to say, and during the concert of the evening, he said, "Because uh, he was." He was a weird bloke in a, in mm. because I think he was born in Sussex, but his parents were both opera singers. Oh, right. Uh, and he's, they split up, and he went to go and live with his dad and his aunt in Glasgow because his dad was obviously Scottish. Mm. So he got a dual – he could speak in two accents. So yeah, yeah. he could do broad Glaswegian. He could do estuary sort of Jamie Oliver. How oh, right, mate, it's backer. And, and he could switch from both. <laughs> you never know yeah. what you – we yeah. got, and he, he could also 
he could I pretty he could probably do Welsh, you know, and and all kinds <laughs> of things. He did a great Jamaican patois because he, he he lived in Jamaica and recorded with with Lee Perry as well, oh. uh, Lee Scratch Perry in the Black yeah. Ark Studios, and was a jobbing musician there. So he got around, but um, yeah, he was he was a really nice guy. And during the concert, he said, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah," he says, "I." Good luck to the bloke I saw in a pub, you know, and everybody groaned because people and people then didn't who liked music didn't like football. It wasn't fashionable, and he said, "He said I heard the one, you know," and uh, yeah, the second time was again in the pub, and uh, I just got married, and um, we we went on a two day honeymoon in a hotel because that's all the money we got because we yeah. bought a house, and uh, I'd arranged to have a, a piece of jewellery made. Um, which wasn't ready for the wedding, so I had to collect it sort of the day after. So we went to the jewellers, picked this piece of jewellery up, and uh, and I got rewarded. She said, "Oh, would you uh, would you like? Shall we go out in the car and go and get a bite to eat in the country?" And I said, "Ooh, this is good." Yeah, oh. <laughs> Tiara will get you everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. So off we off we toddled and found this nice pub, and we're sitting there, and uh, we walked through the door with John Martin. And uh, he got uh, he got a waistcoat on, a white shirt, jeans, white terry tailing socks, but no shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and he walked in, and for some reason, I thought, this is my wedding present. It's been arranged. <laughs> Somehow, Yvonne has phoned John Martin up and said, look, you know, I've got married. Yeah, can you come say, wish Steve all the best? Yeah. So I said... I bounded out of my seat. All right, John, you remember me? I'm the bloke from the pub in Stoke you met about 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to look him perplexed. Anyway, I, I, I suddenly realised about one third into a sentence that he had no idea to what I was. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but again, he was a great guy. And at the end, he sent drinks over. And uh, and said, you know, because I said, you know, well, I got married Saturday, you know, because yeah. he played a gig apparently the night before. Um, I think he played somewhere near you and would, was driving back and being John Martin decided it was time to stop into a pub for uh, for several uh, for, for several beers. But in all intents, according to a lot of people, you know, I met John Martin on, on a very good day and another day. He would sell. He would say uh, he would walk into a pub, size up the biggest bloke in the room, and want to fight him. And, oh well, uh, that's the John Martin that I met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I where I live, um, the nearest city to me is Chester, yeah. and about well, I can't actually remember. It was m more than twenty years ago. Um, John Martin was living on a canal boat barge. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. By yeah. in no. Chester and would go to the pub that was near where it was moored, and yeah. I recognised him. Um, and my then husband was also a fan, but he never recognised people. And I said to Chris, "That's John Martin over there." And Chris said, "Fuck off, no, it isn't." <laughs> and I said, "I'm t I'm telling you, that's John Martin, but he's puffed up because yeah. I think he was an alcoholic, wasn't he?" And yeah. he was he 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 smelled as well. He wasn't looking after himself. Yeah. He died not long afterwards. He went uh, to Ireland, didn't he? He went to. I don't he, know. He, yeah. I don't he, know. He, 
he he had to have his leg amputated, mm. uh, and he, uh, he again he, he he met another girl who was looking after him, oh. and it was a kickboxer. I think he was the first one because he apparently Beverly Martin, his 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 what his long term wife. She wrote a book about him where I mean there was a lot of domestic abuse. Yeah. He it wasn't he wasn't a particularly you know he was handy with his fists apparently and apparently one of his sons was delighted to find out that he was illegitimate and it was nothing to do with John Martin. Oh my God! Yeah, and and a, a, and a, somebody else from another relationship apparently who was you know biologically you know John Martin's son mm. rang him up and he just said, "Well, can't you tell him I'm dead?" Uh, he, he's not he um yeah he's uh, um when people say oh he's a they're a troubled man you know it's kind of an excuse but you know mm. i try I, I listen to the records and 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 try and forget what the man behind it was and yeah. but there again at the same time I met him twice and found him to be. Yeah, he was and I'm sure, nice, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he could be a very charming person. And I'm, and there was somebody else told me that he was in a, um, in a, in a Indian restaurant in Birmingham after a gig, and uh, he heard a couple of lads abusing one of the waiters and took nine people on, mm. and and uh, you know, I mean, whether nine. that's <laughs> nine, yeah, but that John on a good night, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's so sad though isn't it you know he was such a he was such a talented person and yet and another one another chet, ba chet baker know. very handsome if you yeah. look at um particularly the cover of stormbringer um where him and sort of beverly are sort of draped in uh sort of all these sort of oriental sort of prints and that lot. very very handsome mm. guy i played stormbringer the other day because i you know, doing a bit of research for this. And uh, at one point, Beverly Martin says, or sings, what's the story, Morning Glory? Oh. So, fuck you, Noel Gallagher. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, never had a never had a hit single, never, I never can, I think, um, may you, may you ever, may and never, sorry, um, was the nearest... He sued uh, with Van Morrison, uh, Wet, 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 for Sweet Little Mystery, which kind of borrows some of the lyrics of, of it. So, uh, yeah. I hope um, he won. He did. Yeah, him and, him and Van Morrison got a payout out of it. Like Van Morrison needs the money. The yeah, most miserable well, yeah. man on God's earth. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so those are your choices. Those are my choices, yeah. So now it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> now it's my turn. So I, I, instead of just picking songs, I, I narrowed it down to ones that actually mention people. So, of course, the three songs I've picked are three of the greatest songs ever written or known to mankind. Oh, God, I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> the first being Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side. Should we have a little listen to it? Miami FLA Hitchhiked away across USA 
plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. So it's Lou that Reed. bass right at the start, isn't it? <laughs> you, you just hear that and you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I these three so- songs that I picked are all my first choice. Yeah. So, uh, trying to put them, you know, like, the, so this isn't number three. This is also number one. That could me. be number one, yeah. It that is. could have been my number one, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so Walk on the Wild Side, written by Lou Reed. Oh, Lou Reed, what an interesting man. Oh, Lou. <laughs> oh, Lou Reed, what a terribly rude oh, person he was. I was going to... Have you noticed we, we've got a propensity for picking bastards, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, yeah, bastards who, who were like sexual deviants as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and drug-taking. Abs- yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. it more interesting, though, doesn't it? Now, I could repeat several stories about Lou Reed about his um well let and i don't like to call him a, a sexual deviant even though he, he was he was he was such a perv he was a total good. perv uh, whether or not the stories are true if you're interested please google him because i'd have to wash my mouth out with carbolic <laughs> soap if i repeated the most famous lurid story that's out there um so it's off the album Transformer. It was produced by David Bowie and Mick Ronson. Oh, lovely Mick Ronson. I met him once. Did you? Oh, right. I did. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was released as a double A side single with the song, Oh, it's such a perfect day. <laughs> Another song about drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very off my tits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reed says it was based on Nelson Algren's 1956 novel A Walk on the White Wild Side uh, and that title was the launching point for the song but then he changed it and put characters from his own life into mm-hmm. the song so I'll just mention a few of them because you've heard a little bit of the song uh, and they're all people that he met at Andy Warhol's New York studio the factory yes I've picked another artist <laughs> so Holly is based on Hollywood Lawn a transsexual actress this is back in the day when there were no transsex well they were but you know oh my god you didn't yeah. you were out in the open uh, she was a transsexual actress who learned how to pluck her eyebrows while hitchhiking uh-huh. to New York. Candy is probably the most famous mention. Candy Darling, another transsexual. Everybody yeah. yeah, everybody, you know, if yeah. you sort of know about Andy Warhol, you'll know about Candy Darling, another transsexual actress. Uh, Little Joe, again, really famous if you if you know about Warhol, uh, is was the nickname of Joe D'Alessandro, who I believe was the first person, I can't remember if it was actual, just his cock or an erect cock on film really oh um, yeah yeah it's i i can't remember what it is it's something to do with his cock anyway uh 
I don't know if he's still alive, but he's had bit parts in so many films. Bit parts. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Oh, there was nothing bitty about his penis. It was massive. Uh, he's been in a few John Waters films as well. Ah, um, right. Okay, that explains it all. So the Sugar Pum Fairy has been described as uh, that it's a reference to the actor Joe Campbell, who played a character by that name, the Sugar Pum Fairy, in Warhol's film, the Hustler. Oh, sorry, My Hustler. Uh, and a sugar plum fairy, much like Tina, <laughs> is a euphemism for a for a drug dealer. Oh, yes. There you go. So, uh, t- well, again, you know, if I if we talk about Lou Reed, yeah, we're going to well, be I here remember, for four hours. I remember the uh, the the BBC. Because um, that that was I went to number one, didn't it? And um, they didn't know what giving head was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah the, the sort of suits who were in charge who would ban anything for any sort of mm. remote mention of a rude word. Never, never. They wouldn't even have a clue what a sugar sugar plum fairy was, but <laughs> they couldn't even knew what giving head meant. You yeah. Know? So yeah. yeah. So uh, didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, 20 years after the song was released, uh, Lou Reed, it's he's given so many interviews about this particular song. Uh, and he told David Frick, uh, I know my obituary has already been written and it starts out like this. And it's it's a great song. It's it's just one of those bloody iconic songs, isn't it? It that, is. That got... uh, it's it's you can you can put yourself in in that era and that yeah. that kind of sleaze and uh, yeah straight away it's uh, and he it's... just sing sings about these amazing people that i think yeah. people probably bought bought the single you know because it was the a side of the double a side really um this song yeah i've got transformer uh, upstairs i saw it yeah. the other day and i just yeah. thought i haven't played that for yeah yeah it's well if you want to slash your wrists or something it's not that bad i suppose <laughs> you know it's a yeah but chop it's... a line on the on the cover yeah <laughs> oh come on yvonne let's get off our <laughs> come on, better, and listen. yeah, yeah, yeah come on crystal meth here yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's also a bit of a departure as well because he's got all the black girls singing yep. the chorus at the you know all the way through it, and it's just uh, it's a, it's a weird song too because of the content of it. So I don't know if it's a case of with me, I always like songs that I can sing along to. As you know, I'm all mm-hmm. I always I'm always singing. I I don't really do instrumentals unless it's classical music. But this this song, you sort of listen to it and you think, how did they not know what he was talking about? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, Mike Reed on Radio 1. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. <laughs> Great. Uh, so that is my first choice, which is, again, also number one. Now, this song really was going to be number one because it is one of my all-time favourite songs that encapsulates my youth and... Even now when I hear it, oh, God, it gets me going. It's my ringtone on my phone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's No More Heroes by The Stranglers. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> To 
Go on, whatever happened to carry on, Steve. Uh, Leon Trotsky, Leon Trotsky, Sancho Panza. Yeah, he got a nice pick that made, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, that well, again, you know, the reason I picked this song is one of my favorite songs, but it actually names heroes, yeah, 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 heroes. So, what what was so heroic about Trotsky? Let me think. No, just can't think mm. of anything really. Oh, I can think of one thing. He shagged Frida Kahlo. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of one of those one of those uh, songs you at the time you would have to go go to a bloody library and say, who the <laughs> hell is these guys? Yeah. Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was making well, me work. <laughs> yeah, so Leon Trotsky actually, for those people who don't know, uh, was part of the Russian Revolution. He there was Trotsky, Lenin, and Stalin. Now Stalin is infam- infamous for being like re- he was the he got rid of the other two, and ruled Russia for years and was thoroughly evil. God, I hope nobody Russian hears this. Do you think mm. Putin's listening to us? Yeah, he, he did. He'd he'd have off Stalin, he would. (laughs) Yeah, he probably would have, yeah, yeah. So Trotsky came to a really gory end one day because he moved to Mexico because he was shagging Frida Kahlo at the time. And um, he got, he literally, as it says in the song, got a nice pick and it really did make his ears burn yeah. <laughs> because it was yeah. like you know right in his ear yeah so he's uh yeah so he he died um so do you know who uh so we know who lenin is do you know who elmira is no i i, I don't sorry so i will tell you elmira is elmir dahori a Hungarian art forger who successfully sold thousands of paintings he'd forged to some of the world's most respected collectors and art museums. Yay, I like him. <laughs> so do you know who Sancho Panza is? Uh, yes, um, so that is uh, Don Quixote. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so he's sort of a bit made up, really, but the mm-hmm. other two are real people. So... Now, how would somebody like Hugh Cornwall know about a man called who who did what Elmir Dahori did? How how would little Hugh Cornwall, who wasn't as young as we thought he was, the whole band wasn't as young. I think there was only Jean Jean Jacques Bernal who was who was well, was approaching youth. Oh, I used to like Jean Jacques. Yeah. Uh, so Hugh Cornwall. Of course, he would know who an art forger was when he came from a very posh family. Yeah. Had just finished university and qualified as a biochemist. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that was the thing about the Stranglers, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, they were another punk band. They weren't mm. really punk. They I had... think they got uh, plugged 
plucked off the pub rock scene. Yeah, yeah, literally. Mm. But all the members were, you know, privately educated. Yeah. Jet pri- Black. God, is he yeah. still alive? He was. He was I really old. <laughs> yeah, God, Jet Black. That was yeah. oh, that was such a cool name when we were young, wasn't well, it? That's good. <laughs> What's his name, Jet Black? Oh my God, I think I love him. Yes. <laughs> Hang on, he's he, he looks like my granddad. <laughs> looks like my, yeah. In an overcoat. <laughs> So, so years later, Cornwall was interviewed, and his his main quote about this particular song is, "When No More Heroes came out, we refused to sign autographs of fans that would come up to us, because we were saying through this song, don't have heroes, be your own hero, which is a sentiment that I think is amazing, and I just wish that the youth of today." You know, the the Snapchat generation, heroes these days are people who wear perfume and the jet, the Kardashians and people. Famous for being famous, as as they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bloody thick shit, Love Island shit. Yeah. Basically. Now, when we were younger, we probably would have known who Lenin was. Definitely mm-hmm. would have known who Stalin was. Wouldn't have known who. Maybe have gone. Oh, I don't know who Sancho Panza is, but we we would have been interested. Now, you know, like if there is a seventeen-year-old listening to this, they probably go, "This is boring. Yeah. <laughs> this is boring. Who are they talking about?" <laughs> yeah, the tune's all right, but I don't like the lyrics. <laughs> are you a Stranglers fan? Yeah, I I said. Um... I remember going to see Pat, Patty Smith at, um, at the Birmingham Odeon, and it was, it was just show off. Just about to, uh, yeah, it was a Sunday night. It was literally about a quarter full, and and the Stranglers were the the support band that night, and you could just smell that there was something in the air. Mm. They they played very fast. If if you remember when they they played live, they used to sort of take a stance. They used to spread the legs out. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And they would, and uh, the monitors packed up halfway through the set, and they just said, "Right, we're fucking off," you know. We got the whole plane, and I remember thinking, "These guys are going to go somewhere," you know. They got, they just got a bit of an attitude. Um, I saw them at Reading when they got strippers on the stage. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think the last time I saw them was, oh, good, I, another light, another open air concert. They're, they're always, always a good band live. I, I, I always rated them. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. I've, I've seen them. Um, I saw them, but I can't remember where it was, and I can't remember the year. But it was when I was young, like 17-ish, probably. Milton's King, Milton King Bowl, Bowl, and it was an Amnesty International weekend. Mm. You said about that, the better, really. Yeah, OK, <laughs> right. So that was my second pick, which could also be my first pick. Now, my first <laughs> pick has surprised me, actually, that I've picked this as my number one song that will be played in its entirety. Um and just before we play it, I'll just explain why I picked it. Because it is a bit it is a bit of a soppy, sloppy song. So I I'm a painter and I love art and I feel very passionate about it and I find that music moves me. Art has the same effect with me. When I see 
and a real painting actually in front of me not just a print but the real thing in front of me i have burst into tears before now <laughs> I can, is, I can I can see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I do. I get really um, caught up with it and don't mm -hmm. want to leave it. And I have, uh, it's something that uh, that's really naughty, but I have a real urge that I want to touch it because I'm I standing could... in front of something that, like Leonardo's painted. He stood where I was while he was that sort of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, when Dave was fifty. All he ever wanted to do was run up the rocky steps. So we went to New York for a couple of days and then we went to Pennsylvania so he could go and have his rocky wank fest. Okay. <laughs> and uh, sort of nearish the Twin Tower Memorial, the Ground Zero, because yes. Dave wanted to go there, is MoMA. It was yes. very hot. We hadn't planned to go there. We walked past it and I said, really like to go in there. Can we go in there? And we did. So I'm looking at all the paintings. I mean, there's so many really iconically famous paintings in there. I was, I was just like, like I don't know really. I just couldn't speak. I was, I was just my gob was hanging open. You go around one corner. There's a Frida Kahlo, and I can remember walking into this room, and you literally sort of just go around a little corner. And there in front of me was Van Gogh's Starry Night. I had no idea that this painting was in this museum. And it and it surprised me so much that I stood in front of it and went, Oh my god, it's Starry Night. And I I I was I couldn't stop crying, even thinking about it now. Mm -hmm. I get a bit of a lump in my throat. Because it's a painting that I didn't know where in the world it was. Hadn't thought Starry Nights in this museum, so I'm, I'm going to go and look at it. And it took me by surprise to the point where I just couldn't cope. It was overwhelming to, mm. to be. It didn't look anything like I thought it would. It wasn't the colour that I thought it would be. You think it's blue? It's not. It's not. I've seen it. Yeah. Have you? Um, but I saw it. It was on loan mm. uh in a in a in a gallery in France, uh, the Musée d'Orsay. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, my my problem is is I I am a, I am colour blind. Um, oh right. When people say, or oh, you you know, when you say to somebody I'm colour blind, they immediately think all oh, you can see is black and white, which is not the case. You know, you mm. can tell some colours, but um, for instance, if I put um, what what I would think is black it could be navy blue mm. or it could be a dark brown so yeah. i couldn't i i can't get colors right and uh but i did see it and um it's it, quite a long story but um we, we we inadvertently dodged a riot in the middle of paris by being in the museum at Dor museum dorsey and a pub for four hours um and uh but i remember look i i because of the color blindness I just thought art really my thing because I don't know what I'm looking at. Mm. <laughs> that that blue that blue plant over there, it's something. It's not blue. It's pink, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know. Um, it's not my thing. But I remember looking at it and thinking, actually, mm. this is interesting because it's three D. You, you yeah. can see where he's put the yeah. paint on the bloody painting. It comes out. It's yeah. it's not it's not one dimensional. There's a third dimension. And I found it, I found it very, very interesting. So I know well, where you're coming from. 
that method is called impasto and oh, right. at that point he you know you couldn't go to a shop and buy paint well you could actually go to a shop and buy paint then but it would be very basic and so you mm. would make your own paint and of course you know he 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 was bonkers as well wasn't he so uh, so uh, so my choice of song which I, i'm not going to play straight away i'm just going to explain why he painted it is uh, vincent by don mclean and he wrote vincent but a lot of people still call it starry starry night yeah uh he said that don mclean said the inspiration came to him one morning while he was sitting on the veranda looking at a book about vincent van gogh and as he looked at the print of starry night he he sort of thought that a song could be written about the artist through the painting and he said the more i thought about it the more interesting and challenging the idea became i put down the book and picked up my guitar which was never far away and i started fiddling around trying to get a handle on the idea while the print of starry night stared up at me and looking at the picture i realized that the essence of the artist's life is his art and so i let the painting write the song for me and everyone is familiar with that painting. Uh, now, interestingly, Van Gogh, I don't know if you know anything about his life, but he was very other than Other than there's a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a great <laughs> Doctor Who episode about Van Gogh. It's a very good one, actually. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a film that came out, I think, about 18 months ago, and Willem Dafoe's in it. And I, at this moment, I can't remember what it's called it isn't the pasolini thing is it no no it's oh, a it's a new film um, oh right maz okay. mickelson's in it as well um and it's on i can't remember if it's on amazon or netflix but it is it is there and it and it just examines this period of time when van gogh uh willem dafoe plays van gogh so well he looks just like him as well um he'd already cut his ear off and it has been proved now that he really did cut his ear off oh, and right. he's, okay. he's at the asylum in san remy where he painted starry night and it's a it's a very intense film but if you're interested in in van gogh's later life and suicide this film is really it's good it's a hard watch though um so this this painting i i saw this painting um and it blew my mind as a lot of other painted, but this one in particular has stayed with me. So, you know, it was about, about two years ago when I still had an iPod that worked. It was a big 30 gig one. There was a million songs on it and I just plug it in and it would play whatever it wanted. And this song came up on it and I've always really liked it. It's, it's that's one of those songs that tugs a bit of your, the, the tone of it is quite, starry starry nights oh la 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 isn't it you know um but i'd never really listened to the lyrics before and i found myself listening to it oh my god what an amazing song it is should we have a listen to it let's listen starry starry night paint your palette blue and gray look out on a summer's day with eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills 
in colors on the snowy linen land. Now I understand what you tried to say to me, and how you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. Starry, starry night, flaming flowers that brightly blaze, swirling clouds in violet haze, reflect in Vincent's eyes of china blue. Colors changing hue. Morning fields of amber grain, weathered faces lined in pain, are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand. Now I understand what you tried to say to me. How you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now, for they could not love you. But still, your love was true. And when no hope was left in. On that starry, starry night, you took your life as lovers often do. But I could have told you, Vincent, this world was never meant for one as beautiful as you. Starry, starry night. Portraits hung in empty halls, frameless heads on nameless walls, with eyes that watch the world and can't forget, like the strangers that you've met, the ragged men in ragged clothes, the silver thorn, a bloody rose, lie crushed and broken on the virgin. What you tried to say to me, and how you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free—they would not listen. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never. think of that yeah i yeah it's 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 very evocative of the artist and it the is, art, isn't, it? isn't it yeah it it's is. very sloppy uh, and soppy yeah yeah as well but i don't know it never had the effect on me that it could bring me to tears before i saw the painting mm-hmm. after i saw the painting if i listened to that song that bit near the end where he talks about topping himself so I can start crying at him like, God, Vincent, <laughs> nobody loved you and you were mad. 
and nobody liked your paintings. Yeah. And you and... died never knowing that you were like probably the most famous artist in the world. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I had a T-shirt once with uh, somebody <laughs> bought me back from uh, from Holland and it's got Vincent van Gogh with a pair of headphones. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, the self-portrait. Yeah, the yeah. headphones on. Yeah, well, I yeah. once saw on Instagram a necklace that somebody had made that was like a choker that you fit around your neck and one half of it was his face and the other half was his ear that clips it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. probably the same it. shop that they bought that T-shirt from. You know, we are tasteless. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So, is there anything else that you would like to mention before we depart and do the housekeeping? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. Yes. Um, I watched the uh, final episode last night of uh, on uh, BBC Four again, folks. Uh, the Friday Night Music uh, slot. Uh, Huey Morgan, him out mm. of the Fun Loving Criminals, has done um, uh, a three week uh, guide to uh, three episode really guide to latin music uh and last night was puerto rico he done cuba um and he did brazil and it's really good it's mm. really good if, i recorded it but i haven't seen not, any of it if, if you it, as a guide this the surprising thing is the influence of reggae over all the countries because they, it's got incorporated with with a lot of Latin music and uh, last night in uh, Puerto Rico they were talking about reggaeton acts which I, I barely know about but it's it's very 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 interesting uh, good some instruments I've never really heard of and Huey Morgan's he's quite affable character really so uh, yeah I enjoyed that and um, the second thing is I had another album arrive <laughs> the other day. Um, another one another one yeah um it's a boy it's a, a, a compilation album mm. and it's called uh, jazz on the corner two and uh, basically if uh if you've got any inkling about jazz jazz but you're really scared of it they're a good series to get i'm they, scared uh, of it yeah they're compiled by eddie pillar in uh out of the Acid Jazz record label, and Martin Freeman, who I believe... Acid is... What? Hang on a minute. What the fuck is Acid Jazz? Have you got a... Acid Jazz is a record label, and... Oh, OK. it <laughs> was a style of... Kind of a style of music. Uh, if you think of Jamiroquai as a sort of starting point, the brand-new Heavies and Corduroy, they were the kickoff of that um of of that label really so uh, he he bought it on with Giles Peterson originally but Giles Peterson I think he thought it wasn't it was too poppy and wasn't avant-garde enough for him so he he came away with it but you know uh, Matt Berry the actor yeah and Matt Berry and the Maypoles that's their label acid jazz I mean they're, really? they're not a jazz band but uh, but uh, yeah Matt it Berry's is, it a is uh, Matt Berry's and the Maypoles are a great act. Yeah, they did uh, an al album of TV covers, TV uh, songs. He's really, really good, honestly. Uh, but the um, the Jazz on the Corner uh, series, cause they did a Soul on the Corner. Uh, are you familiar with Martin Freeman? Uh, I've heard his name, but no. The actor, Martin Freeman. Oh, the, the yeah, OK. He yeah. The Office and yeah. uh, that. I believe he's an actor. He's, he's, you believe he's, 
Well, he's, I, do, I know him do more, you mean more for his, Frodo Baggins? He's, no, sorry, and, he's Bilbo. Yes, he was in Sherlock as well, I believe, yeah, and in is, The Office yeah. and sort of yeah. stuff. And I think he's in Marvel films now. Um, we share the same tailor. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God, Steve, although, you've got a tailor for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, right. I can afford a shirt. He buys the suits. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. And and I have to save up many months to buy a shirt from uh, from Mr. Mark Pell in Soho. Anyway, so I, I know more, more more for his clothes than I do his his, his acting. I'm afraid, but they're really really good albums because. Um, they're, they're full tunes. There's no avant-garde. It doesn't say avant-garde jazz. It's not improvisational. Uh, they've got people singing on on a lot of them. Um, but basically, Eddie picks the double albums. Eddie picks one, and Martin picks the other. And Martin Freeman has got a, an excellent choice in music. He's done some uh, music documentaries in the past. He, he do, he's done quite a lot on six music. And as a yeah, for an all round, oh no, he's he's, he's I, I I'm, I, I'm he's an all round good guy, but he's um he's also, <laughs> but I was talking about this when the first album came out to a mate of mine, and he said Martin Freeman, and I said yeah, and he says the 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 badminton player, I said now the actor, he said same thing, what? No. And apparently Martin Freeman was a very very good badminton player and my friend Steve was also a very good badminton player and they used to sort of meet in championships before Martin turned to acting so there's wow. some... <laughs> but um, no uh, the Jazz on the Corner 2 he's got stuff uh, by oh just about everybody's on there really um, a Nina, there's a Nina Simone track there's a Roberta Flack track which I hadn't heard before and it's absolutely uh, Stupenders, some Chet Baker on there, some Roy Ayers, and one of my all-time favourite tracks, Summer Days by Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes. I mean, come on, yeah. Oh, well, you're all excited now. <laughs> I was out running um, a few weeks ago, and I got Six Music on, and they played this obscure track that I hadn't heard. And you know when you're trying to remember the name of the person yeah. and the name of the track, and you've got to get home before yeah. you can Google it? <laughs> yeah. and, I, I know, I've got to, and I've got about two miles to get home, so I ran home, and um, I'd forgotten the person it was. Yeah. And, but she turns up on this album, and it's Emma Jean Thackeray, and uh, a British jazz uh, uh, performer, and she's she's really brilliant. So she's yeah, not all Jake in all, Thackeray's daughter, is she? I wish. <laughs> hey, hey, Jake Thackeray's got to turn up one day. Oh, <laughs> I love Jake Thackeray. Yeah. Well, it's my yes, turn to it. pick the next theme. It is. And I've, oh, well, I couldn't think of anything. And Dave came up with all these suggestions. And I nearly picked one. And nearly. And then I just thought, the colour black. Ooh, black. So, the colour black. And it can either be the song title or the name of the band has got black something in it. Or uh... We're not going to have the, name, the the band that was called black, are we? Yes, we could um, do. Colin, Colin Vercom, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he died, yeah. <laughs> It's a good song. Okay, but so I'll ban you from picking It's a Wonderful, <laughs> Wonderful Life. Well, it's just a wonderful life now. You're dead. That's, oh, bless that's him. That's in taste. Uh, yeah, good choice. Oh, I could have some fun with that. Oh, you could, I've yeah. got one. Uh, I've got one. Actually, I've got one straight away. Have you? There oh, you go, I'm then. definitely having that. Oh, yeah, you're definitely. I bet it'll be something <laughs> yeah. that I pick as well. 
you don't like ACDC though, do you? But you love ACDC. Just imagine how many death metal van, bands have got songs with black oh, in the title. Oh, there's a black metal itself, isn't there? Um, oh. Apparently, uh, it's coming up for the 40th uh, Back in Black and there's going to be a documentary about it. Um, they've released a little bit of a, a clip on the website. I'm saying this because it's hot off the press because I was out running this morning. Yeah, they, oh, right. they spoke about it on Six Music, but uh, oh, yeah, I, look at that. Oh, I, I quite I, I like ACDC. They, they, Do they you? Just, yeah, they made one one record and kept making it over and over again. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> horrible if, thing! If, if, if the recipe's right, then don't change yeah, the cake. Don't change really. it. Yeah, yeah. No, very I, interesting yeah. Uh, story about the the about uh, acdc about the brothers moving from scotland to australia and uh, oh, but that's for yeah, another that's episode yeah, yeah. Ooh, we... another episode <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so oh, i better get good. on with the housekeeping now yeah please have a look at our website which is www.60minuteswith.co.uk you can contact us on that website Look at us on Twitter, which is at 60 Minutes With. And definitely look at us on Twitter because we're always giving away awesome prizes for Bloody all right, sorts of yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter as well if you want. Just give us a DM and Dave will answer you. You could also help us continue with the podcast by, we don't do Patreon, but um, there is a button on the website website that you can buy us a coffee which is literally like buying us a cup of coffee but it just um helps pay for the upkeep of the podcast but you know because we don't get paid for any of the shows that we put out we you know we do it for love and just basically to annoy you so yes. steve would you like to tell people how they can follow you on twitter yeah, you can find you can find me on Twitter by the handle, believe it or not, Solid Air Zero One. Yeah, that's how much of a fan he is. And oh, you yeah. can find me under Spanky Spangler as usual. Uh, and in, no, it's not a porn name. Just look at uh, <laughs> Evil Knievel and you'll understand everything. <laughs> you can. Uh, yeah, so I've mentioned prizes and Twitters. Oh, you can follow us on Instagram as well. I can't forget Instagram, where you can see Bodie. Now, Bodie is my little dog, my little Lassa Apsa. And we were recently uh, contacted by a very nice lady called Sarah, who owns a site called The Bark Side. And uh, she's asked if she could be Bodie's sponsor. Um, this just involves us sort of promoting her because she's a British business. This is what we like to do. If you're British and you want to flog something, we don't want anything off you. We just like to promote British business and the way things are at the moment. You know, any way we can help, we can. <laughs> yeah, one really big thing is we're a music show. Steve and I love music. If you listen to any of the music on here and you decide you really like it and want to investigate further, please buy that music. Don't illegally download it. Yeah, and and if you do uh, and buy through Amazon, then there's a link on the website where we we get a couple of pennies if you use the Amazon connection to buy through. Um, mm. We don't know what you're buying, so you can, you know, get your Bay City Rollers albums if you want, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, um, or buy the 
Lonnie Liston Smith and the Cosmic Echoes. But uh, yeah, uh, go that way. It's it sticks a few a few pennies in the, in the in our pocket, really. Uh, well, actually, it it sticks a few pennies in our pocket, which we then put towards prizes, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, yeah so we do. We, we're the we, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, we <laughs> literally don't keep it, uh, any of it. We just... Ooh, did you hear that then? That was a very loud motorbike. I think I heard an ice cream van where you were not long ago <laughs> as well. That's a, You can tell that it's live, can't you? You can't... Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> now, before we go... Um, and before before I say goodbye to Steve, uh, we don't talk about politics on 60 Minutes With and we are a COVID-free zone on 60 Minutes With. However, it's been a pretty horrible week this week for me. I, I had some terrible news. Two of my friends, not one, two of them that I was in school with uh, at the beginning of this week, died uh, both of them the same age as me both of them in the same class as me in school um both of them my friends uh, so i would like if you don't mind steve to dedicate this show to colette and to fiona uh i'll never forget either of you and i feel so cross and so very 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 sad that you have both lost your life mm -hmm. um so yeah. Uh, so, Steve, on that sad note, <laughs> I will ask um, Dave, actually, to play us a bit of a song as, as we leave, which is an enduring memory for me uh, as a kid with, with Colette, especially, and uh, something that she <laughs> used to dance to, that we all used to dance to when we were 12. And it's Gloria Gaynor's I will survive, which oh, is so man, ironic, yeah. <laughs> considering she died. The, the, the divorces, I'm absolutely it really. <laughs> Total seventies disco, but makes oh, I me loved it. And yeah. I think Colette would get get the <laughs> irony of it as well that oh, she's just yeah. passed away. But I'm playing I will survive. So, but I'm sure wherever she is, she's having a laugh and telling oh. me to fuck off, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, until next time, my darling. Uh, farewell, Tina, and farewell, everybody. And yes. uh, we'll be back in black. Bye-bye. <laughs>